0: Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins.
1: Hello everybody, welcome back to Beer and Money. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, my co-host, Alex, I play football and not soccer, Collins. That's right, Ryan. Good to see (laughs) you. Good to see you. We were just debating uh, the Seattle Sounders, what do you call that, scarf?
2: (laughs) Yes, that should not be a challenging word for you. Well, I didn't know if there was a different
1: way, like, you know, they call the cleats boots, right? So I didn't know if there was a different word for that. Yeah, scarf. So um, anyways, he's wearing a scarf. (laughs) Go Sounders. (laughs) Yes last episode, we were talking about retirement income. And for those of you who are tuning in and not near retirement, which are the vast majority of you, um, this is something that you're probably maybe thinking about tuning out already. The point of us bringing this up is the decisions you're making today with your money in terms of where you're putting it is ultra important from a flexibility standpoint, taxation standpoint. It's just ultra important from the overall planning when you go to distribute that money in retirement or even 10 years from now
2: yeah i mean when we get to retirement the decisions on where our money is like that those those choices are already made in terms of like somewhat what vehicle we've grown wealth in but absolutely we, we did an entire podcast talking about the taxation of and most of those decisions are already made by the time we get to retirement we can't really affect that much so the reason why this is important to Tackle now is because we still have the ability to change the future. Again, think with the end in mind. Absolutely. So, in our last podcast, we were
1: talking about the 4% rule.
2: If you haven't listened to that, please go back and make sure that you grab that because it's these next couple podcasts in this series on retirement income are going to build on our previous episodes.
1: Yeah, so make sure you listen to these in sequential order or in the order that they're coming out um, for that exact reason. So let's dive into today's fun topic around retirement income. We're going to be talking about annuitization of our money, and we're going to be talking about amortization of our money. Big Scrabble words. (laughs) Those would be big points, I think. Well, depending on where they're at. But there is a Z in there, so it would actually work real well. Let's define them first, right? So let's define annuitization. Annuitization is essentially taking a lump sum of money giving it to an insurance company. The insurance company will then kick off an income stream to you for the rest
2: of your life. Yes. Annuitization is creation of a lifetime income stream.
1: The interesting thing about annuitization, we were talking about this earlier in the podcast, is if we call it a pension, people love it. Like right away they're like, man, pensions don't exist anymore. I wish I could have one of those.
2: Absolutely. It's like one of the most common phrases that I hear people talk about when we start bringing up some of this stuff.
1: Then we say annuitization, which has the word annuity in it. And now it's the worst thing
2: that ever existed. Well, most of the time you hear like something like, hey, doesn't so-and-so say that those are bad? Exactly.
1: And I guess the point of us bringing this up is not to say that everyone should annuitize money. Maybe, maybe not. The point of us bringing it up is really our perceptions of what we hear in the media and what we hear our family members say or what we hear other people say and how we automatically now interpret that word either being positive or
2: negative depending on that perception. Well, and to be fair, the industry absolutely did this to itself by having the same word mean different things.
1: (laughs) Yes, we, we don't like to make it simple. For people, because why would that
2: occur? Yeah, there's there's no reason to have one word mean one thing. Let's have one word mean lots of things. So let's talk about the pros and cons of
1: annuitization, right? So let, let's start on the con side, right? There are there's several of them out there, right? That no, there is no one strategy that is the best strategy, depending on your situation. And most of the time, it's not one strategy, it's or method, it's multiple methods.
2: Everyone's situation is unique and different, and you should take your situation into account before deciding what to do.
1: So cons, you know, if if it's an income annuity, and we've done a, a podcast on annuities, so make sure you go and listen to that if you want more details on annuities. But the income annuity is essentially, like I said earlier, you give your money to the insurance company. They, in turn, kick off an income stream to you if it's on just your life. A con can be what happens if I don't live a long time. Exactly. And so I'm betting on like I can hear this oftentimes, So I'm betting on my own life.
2: Yeah. And now it's ironic because this is the flip side of life insurance where the con that we hear people say is, oh, I'm betting against myself. And it it's, seems just surprising to me that we don't have people then take that same concept and apply it to this and say, oh, cool. I'm betting on myself and view it as a good thing.
1: Yeah, so if we live too short when we've annuitized our money and it's on just our life, then essentially when we pass away, that income annuity, the money from that annuity
2: stops. Yes. That simple. And depending upon how we have it structured, there may or may not be any residual dollars left over.
1: Right. This gets into, I mean, definitely speaking to a professional around how to design annuitization. That's a huge piece. And that's probably why there is a lot of negative um, aspects to the word annuity out there. And make sure you're comparing it to your own situation in terms of why are we, why would you want an income annuity?
2: Perfect. Well, let's use that as a segue to go over to talk about the pros. So on the pro side... Name another asset out there,
1: Well, I can name one. I'm not sure there's a second one out there, and even the one that I'm thinking may not exist in 30 years if you listen to the media. Name another asset out there that's going to guarantee you income for the rest of your life.
2: Yeah, there's very few things that we get to talk about that use the word guarantee associated with them.
1: Yeah, I I think this might be the one podcast that we can use the word guarantee, and we're not going to get flagged for it because we're talking about annuities. Yeah. <laughs> but the other asset that I was talking about was Social Security.
2: Right, which is just a different form of a pension.
1: Exactly. And, I mean, until you re- start receiving that money, and there's a whole bunch of stipulations of when you get to receive the money. So there's some...
2: For seniors, the word Social Security is awesome and amazing for those of us that are in our forties or thirties or twenties or even younger, yeah, we may not have as positive a view of social security. We, we think of it as this thing that we're going to pay into that. We may never receive a benefit from because we've heard so many stories about, Oh, social security is going bankrupt and uh, it's been raided and there's just a whole bunch of IOUs and blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. There are issues with social security. And when you get to retirement and start receiving a monthly check that doesn't change, that isn't affected by whatever's going on in the news or the media or the markets or the economy or anything else, oh, my God, does that feel good?
1: Yeah, it's different talking about it now than when you're actually receiving it. Another con for annuitization is the flexibility. Essentially, once you give your money to the insurance company and you've turned on that income stream, like you lost all the, the, the flexibility of pulling that money back out, essentially.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, the the way that I've heard academics talk about it is you then have the ability to take those dollars and reinvest them elsewhere. So that would be the way to, to address the flexibility issue.
1: You could, but when we're talking about where the, Yes. And if we're talking about retirement planning from the income, from the standpoint of this is what I need to live on, you're not not, reinvesting that money. Right. And so I'm playing devil's advocate here in terms of what's out there. Right. That's out there. And it's 100 percent true. And we would never tell anyone to take all of their money and put it in an income annuity.
2: Oh, heavens no. There's no one vehicle that you should ever have all of your money in.
1: Exactly. So the comparison is, well, you just just gave your money to the insurance company, and if you needed extra money, well, you're kind of SOL. And that is true only if you gave all of your money to the insurance company, which is not what we're suggesting. So... My, my issue with the comparison on the in con. And anyone
2: who does suggest that you should put all of your money in any one vehicle, regardless of what said vehicle is, run away fast.
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely a concern there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those are the two big cons on, on annuities. Alex, you got anything else to add on the con side here?
2: It, it, just kind of recapping it because there's almost three there. One, there's the, the loss of, of liquidity. Um, two, there's the loss of flexibility, being able to change it. And then three, we talked about you know the dying too early or the living too short concept. Um, so those are the, the three cons, if you would. You could put another one possibly in
1: there, and that that's more of um, the growth of the money,
2: right? The, the asset growth. The rate of return.
1: Right, right. So the, the aspect of, you know, in the 4% rule that we discussed last week, if you put your money in the market and you take 4% and the market gave you six, right? You actually gained 2% in, in that sim- simplistic analogy. Whereas if you gave your money to the insurance company to annuitize, there's no growth of the money. It just guaranteed you an income stream. Now, the pro to this is <laughs> analyzing, well, can you get? are you getting more than 4% in an income stream, right? Maybe it's kicking out 6%. Right. In an income stream, well, that just now contradicts that rate of return growth. It's more of what's the, what's my income stream percentage?
2: Yeah, um, at one, the the industry also did create ever more complex annuities that help answer your your issue with okay, how do we participate in the upside of the market and still have guaranteed income? And th- there is no one perfect product. There is no one solution for everything. Uh, so without getting too much into the weeds on the various different annuity concepts. Go we'll, listen to the annuity podcast if you want to hear that. Yeah. And and or have a conversation with a professional. Go ahead.
1: So uh, annuitization, right? So there, there's the cons that we just spoke about. The pros is, I mean, a guarantee of income coming your way for the rest of your life. That's kind of cool. Also known as a pension.
2: <laughs> yeah. With a, a lump sum of money, an annuity is the highest guaranteed form of income available. Period. And the trick to that sentence is the term guarantee. Yeah. Because you could have the money in the
1: market and take the 6 or 7% out that year or more. The, the
2: issue is... How long is that going to last you? Exactly. We're relying, we're relying upon something that is variance and therefore unreliable by its nature to, to create an income stream, which is why even if we expect to get a 6 or 7% rate of return in the market, which is what all the underlying assumptions are based upon, we can only ever take somewhere in the neighborhood of 4% without fear of running out of money.
1: So let's jump over to amortization now. So let's define amortization.
2: Sure, so amortization is the intentional spend down of your assets over a period of time. And so it's, most people are semi-familiar with the concept of an amortization schedule as it relates to their mortgage. The reason being is that that is very fixed. And so you know exactly what that schedule is going to look like, assuming that you don't deviate from your payment schedule. When we're talking about amortization of an asset in retirement income, we're oftentimes not amortizing a a stable income. We're talking about amortizing a volatile asset like stock market, bond market, real estate, something of that nature. And so we're adding variability into into the equation. The point and purpose of amortization is to create a higher income stream than what we would using the 4% rule. And so most people are like, well, why wouldn't everybody do that? And the fact is that a lot of people are actually doing this without realizing that they're doing it. Anybody who's taking more than 4-ish percent uh, distribution rate in retirement is doing this to a certain degree.
1: Possibly doing it to, to a certain degree. And they may not even know that they're doing it. Right. Exactly. Like amortization might be taking, you know, call it 6% every year from your nest egg. And the, the biggest con with doing this and our fear with amortiz- amortizing all of your money is the likelihood of you outliving your money goes up
2: exponentially dramatically.
1: Right. And I don't think there's anyone listening to this podcast. Or anyone that I know of that wants to outlive their money,
2: nobody wants to outlive their money. But I've actually had multiple clients that say, "Well, in an ideal world, I I bounce my last check." It, this speaks to that concept of, you know, in an ideal world, you bounce your last check.
1: In an ideal world, we wouldn't be having these conversations.
2: hundred uh, percent. the The biggest issue is we're dealing with a lot of variables when we're talking about amortizing an asset we're talking about not amortizing a static asset. So it's going to have volatility and variability. So for that reason, like that's issue number one with, with implementing this concept issue. Number two is, all right, what's the length of time you're going to amortize the asset over? Uh, And 23.2 years for me. So Ryan apparently is going to die in 23.2 years. Um, the the thing is, is we're never given exactly how much time we're going to have and like everyone is going to retire at a slightly different time everyone's going to have different health when they retire who knows what the the health benefits are going to change to like right now we're, we're printing organs to replace they like, who knows how much that's going to affect life expectancy down the road and so the issue with this concept is well, what happens if I live longer than I expected? That's that's a big issue with this because we are spending assets down to zero. So if we live longer than we expect, eek, there's a big problem. There's pros and cons to both of these,
0: annuitization
1: and amortization. You wouldn't put all of your money in either one, in either method, typically. Correct. And it's important to understand how each method works, because in the end, we want to have strategy and flexibility when we get to retirement. So we have the option to use some of these methods.
2: Yeah. I mean, let's talk about some of the pros of amortization. So, you know, the, the benefits of using an amortization schedule um, or an amortization concept. Well, the biggest one is just a higher
1: cash flow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, higher cash flow is the first one now it depends on what asset like what the tax structure is if this is dollars that are not inside of a qualified account meaning a 401k pension plan IRA things of that nature a tax where you've deferred the taxes or have it tax free on the back end in some form now by amortizing the asset we get much better taxation. The reason being is that we're no longer just living on the interest or the growth of the asset. We're now spending down principal, and spending principle is taxed dramatically different than spending growth. One is taxed in some form of income, either capital gains or ordinary income. Spending principle is return of your own basis and a non-taxable event. Again, assuming that the the account that you're spending out of has a basis in it. You're paying taxes on the growth of your money. And
1: if your money's not growing because we're spending it down, well, that would mean your taxes are getting lower and lower
2: every year in this scenario. A hundred percent. And so it's a way to not only increase your cash flow, but also potentially decrease your taxes and not just decrease your taxes on this portion of money, but all of your money. That you're creating an income stream with
1: so we hope that these two methods or concepts have um, brought a little bit more insight in terms of what you're doing with your money today not that you're thinking about annuitizing your money right now or even amortizing your money but where you're putting your money right now and how it's taxed in the future and how you derive income from it uh, does affect the decision whether or not you even have the capability of these two methods or some version of them. So we hope you got value from that for the purpose of today and where you're putting your money. And why
2: don't we end on the uh, question of the day of the day here, Alex? Sure. Our question today is around how, how you've experienced these two concepts. So how has the media or the folks that you have in your life, parents, grandparents, etc., affected your views of these two concepts, good, bad, or indifferent?
1: So make sure you head to beerandmoney.net. And if you scroll down, you'll have um, the uh, the spot where you can email us your answer, and, as well as email us if you have any questions that you want us to chat about. Um, we hope, as usual, that this was valuable for you. And
0: cheers. Okay. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers in the terms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are the following. Guardian and subsidiary agents and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, your accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC, OSJ 3585 Maple Street, No. 140, Ventura, California 1100 Securities products and advisory services Park Avenue Securities, Number FINRA, SICD. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, York, and Arts. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect financial subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020.